You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We're talking about stealing and robbery. How many of you have been a victim of robbery before? Uh, and how many of you wish that you have put them in jail? 12 years. Really, we don't want to be victimized by stealing. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we go back to this commandments of God, these Ten Commandments. The title of uh, this whole series is Perfect Law, Perfect Love. And the, the whole point of this entire series for me is the perfect law was given by a perfect God out of His perfect love for us. And it's not meant for us to have a more difficult time living here on earth. It's actually a, uh, a guideline for us. In fact, just very quickly, a quick review. The purpose of the commandments is uh, to provide a moral standard of living. Okay? We realize uh, the unchanging nature of God by looking at the Ten Commandments. It's, it's never meant for us to be saved by following the Ten Commandments. God never intended to write the Ten Commandments so that as you follow it, you can have salvation. In fact, the opposite is true. That if you look at uh, the, the, the third point, God gave the law to show our sinfulness and how we are so far away from God. And it gives us a starting point, more like a mirror, that we realize that we do need God because of the Ten Commandments. And number four, is He gave the law for man to see ultimately our need for our Savior. And so the Ten Commandments, if you are familiar with that, we've, going, we've been going through the, the past eight weeks. This is our eighth week already. Uh, and uh, that's the whole Ten Commandments. If you notice that they are divided into two parts. Everybody say two parts. Okay, the first part is the first four commandments. This reflects on our relationship with God. Okay, so first four talks about your relationship with God, our relationship with God. Uh, it's more like, if you look at the cross, it's the vertical Relationship. Everybody say vertical relationship. And the next six commands basically reflects our relationship with others or with our neighbor. That's why when a lawyer went to the Lord Jesus one day and he asked, which of the Ten Commandments is the greatest command? And he said two commands, not ten, but he said two. He summarized the ten by saying, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then he said, the second is kind of like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so that sums up everything that is there in the Ten Commandments. So today we're going to be focusing on Exodus chapter 20. Verse 15. Can we all stand up right now? In fact, you don't even have to open your Bible. Uh, this is just a four-word command. Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, which talks about, You shall not steal. Everybody say, You shall not steal. Look at your neighbor and tell that person, You shall not steal. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your commands. The Bible says your commands are not burdensome. We thank you that your desire and your motive in giving this command is out of your love for us, to protect us, to enrich our lives, to bless us, and to enjoy the blessings of God. We thank you, Lord God, that you would show us what it means for us not to steal and protect us as well, Lord. We thank you, Lord God, that ultimately uh, we realize that you are a God who is so generous to us, that you want to give everything that we need. Father, thank you. Uh, even for this time, bless the preaching of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may all be seated. You shall not steal. 
Four words. Four words long or four words short. This commandment is repeated eight times in the Bible. This was uh, repeated three times in the Old Testament and about five times in the New Testament. This is a very straightforward command. You shall not steal. No conditions. No footnotes. No caveats. No, uh, you know, uh, no qualification. No, what if we steal from the rich and give to the poor? You know, you learned that from Robin Hood, okay? That's not from the Bible, by the way. And so, you know, it's, it's very open-ended as well. You know, if you look at the other commandments, for example, do not commit adultery, there's a subject to that. You are to be faithful to your spouse. You are to honor marriage. If you talk about murder, it talks about life. It talks about another person. But, you know, when you talk about stealing, you know, who do we steal from? What do we steal normally? You know, I remember uh, when we were living in Mandaluyong, I was uh, part of our church in Galleria. And uh, my kids were young then. We used to have helpers and actually nannies for them. Uh, one of the nannies of our son, Jerome, um, was really interested, I think, in um, enriching, uh, not enriching, uh, developing herself. And so we kind of helped her uh, by putting her to school, I think, in Tesla, because she said she wanted to become, like, uh, eventually after uh, serving as a nanny, uh, serve as, uh, like, as sales lady in, in a mall. And so we've done our part in, you know, helping her bring her to uh, evening classes. And so the time came for, for her to be able to uh, go and transition. And so we said goodbye to her. We actually blessed her. And uh, one particular Sunday afternoon when we were in church, we didn't realize that she has something that she had in mind. And so she went back home and uh, she had a duplicate of our keys in the house. How many of you know that, you know, we, 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 we trust our maids. And so, um, not really sure if that's a wise thing to do, okay, now looking back. But what she did was she actually took a taxi parked in front of our townhouse uh, back in Mandaluyong, and uh, she let the taxi wait, and she took a box from our garage, and she helped herself by filling her, uh, the box with things from our house. I think she's starting a new home. So instead of going to the mall and buy stuff, she actually went inside our home and took stuff. And she took some comforter, and she took some you know, kitchen utensils, and uh, fortunately she did not take our TV. But she went to uh, our bedroom and actually opened our cabinet and actually took some money as well. And, and she disappeared. There was no break-in because she had a key. And then she politely locked the door after she left. <laughs> Thank you. We felt violated. How many of you, if that happens to you, you'll feel violated? A few months after that, my wife uh, was walking in SM South Mall and saw her working. And when she saw Shirley, she actually ran away. But anyway, we didn't see her after that. But, you know... Uh, we're not even after her, but you know, if she took it, may God just do what He should be doing to her. But you know, when you talk about stealing, many times we think we're victims of stealing. How many of you have actually been victimized by stealing? Can you please raise your hand? Maybe somebody pickpocketed you. I actually had this as well when I was uh, taking a jeepney to work. Uh, there's nobody there, just three men, including myself. 
and I was wondering why they sat down beside me. You know, the, the jeep was big, and I was so naive, or it's more like ignorant, okay? And so they actually sat beside me, and I was wondering why this guy was actually tapping my legs. I said, do you like me? So I was actually going out, you know, going away from this guy, and I realized as he was tapping my leg, the other guy was actually helping himself with my wallet in my back. And so I actually went down the jeep with no wallet. Um, you know, it's a good thing that I actually have some coins in my, my pocket. But, you know, we've, we've been victimized by this. Uh, stealing. Robbing. You know, we've, we don't like the feeling of being robbed. You know, we felt like, in Tagalog, naisahan tayo. Di ba ayaw natin mga Pilipino yung naiisahan tayo? Gusto nyo nang mangisa. Ayaw natin mangisa. Ayaw natin maisahan, you know. How many of us have padlocks on our doors? You have gates. You have, you know, uh, you have alarm system in your cars. You have chains on your bikes um, or motorcycle. You change your mobile pin regularly. How many of you do that? Uh, if you have passwords in your computer, you actually have that and you change that. You put up a fence in your house. You have CCTV in our homes or even in our offices. We have firewall in our computer system. We have tracking devices in our cars, in our, in our phones. And the list goes on and on and on because we are so paranoid with this thing called stealing. Somehow, this, uh, they say that this probably is the commandment that encompasses all the other commandments. You know, this uh, sign that you normally see in uh, establishments, please do not leave your valuables unattended. How many of you see this regularly? Whether in a restaurant or even in church. Can you imagine? We actually show this in church. In the mall. It seems like, you know, we're flashing this. It's like tantamount to saying, do not trust your seatmate. <laughs> because you might lose your wallet or you might lose your mobile device. And we've had stories of that. Volunteers losing some of their things while they're volunteering, uh, serving in church. It's sad for us to experience this, even in church. You know, you go to a mall and, you know, you see toilet papers in the mall and what do people do? You know, they actually use the toilet paper and then get some extra. They help themselves. It's for public use, not for personal consumption. Amen. Especially if you get that thick of a toilet paper or you know that thick of a whatever uh, paper uh, towel. It's, or maybe you go and uh, help yourself with the alcohol or you know a hand sanitizer. You get a small container and fill it up. It's not meant for get all you can type of a thing. Stealing is so prevalent. Nowadays, it is so rampant in our lives that we take measures in our life to look into it. We even have insurance uh, against theft and against pilferage. It has been said that the Eighth Commandment, uh, do not steal, encompasses many of the other commandments. How? You know, the commandment number six, do not murder, is actually stealing another person's life. Commandment number seven, do not commit adultery is actually stealing another person's wife. Commandment number nine, giving false testimony is actually stealing justice from another person. Commandment number ten, do not covet your neighbor's goods and wife is actually intending to steal or desiring to get 
what does not belong to you and not what belongs to other persons. So when you talk about stealing, this somehow encompasses all the other commandments. How many of you realize that? That's why it is so important for us to follow commandment number eight. And they say that if followed by all of humanity, what a peaceful world we will be. If everyone will just follow this one command, do not steal. If you protect your personal belongings and if you honor and respect other people's property, what a nice world to live in. You know, stealing is defined, and I, I appreciate Judge Lisa's definition. That's like a legal parlance. And uh, general definition of stealing is this. Stealing is taking something that is not yours. Everybody say, not yours. Not yours. Without permission or right, whether by secret or by force. And Miss Lisa used the word coercion, violence, or something. But I believe whether by force or even by secret... That is what you call stealing. In fact, the Greek word of stealing, you're familiar with this. It's klepto. How many of you are familiar with klepto? This is where we get the word kleptomaniac. Okay? Klepto meaning to pilfer or to steal or to get something that is not yours. We see this. If you, if you go and take money from the wallet, of, for example, of your dad uh, and does not ask for permission, how many of you know that that is klepto, okay? That is stealing. Now, what if you are the wife and you take money from the wallet of your husband? That's another story, okay? Let's not go there. What if the government takes money from you? What do you call that? You call it taxes, okay? But anyway, that's another story as well. And so, let's not go there, okay? So, basically, when you talk about stealing, stealing is a sin. Everybody say, stealing is a sin. Stealing is a sin. It's not a sickness. You know, some sociologists would say that kleptomania is a sickness. It's not a sickness. It's not a disorder. It is simply a sin. When you talk about stealing, it's breaking the command of God. It's breaking the moral code. It's breaking the heart of God. It's breaking and disrespecting other people's property. Stealing is a sin. It is more than a crime. You know, we see this uh, when you watch a movie and they have this preview before the actual movie and you see uh, Derek Ramsey or whatever. Uh, and, he, and at the end of that drama, he would say, stealing is a crime. Something like that, okay? Uh, piracy is a crime. Something like that. But more than a crime. Yes, a crime is serious because these Ten Commandments... The whole Ten Commandments is really part of the moral code, but some of the Ten Commandments are part of the civil code. The, you know, the, the thing that actually relates to other people. If you murder, you don't just break the moral code, you break the civil code and the criminal code. Okay? If you commit adultery, that's also a breaking of the legal code, the civil code, including uh, stealing. So, we're commanded to love others. We're commanded to respect other people's property. We cannot take anything from anyone. Where does stealing come from? Basically, stealing really comes from the enemy, the devil. You know, in John chapter 10, part A, it says the thief. Everybody say the thief. The thief comes only to what? To steal and kill and destroy. In fact, Jesus calls the devil a thief. 
That's his reference. He didn't say the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He said the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. You know, that's his job description. SKD. The devil's job description is to steal from us. He stole the destiny from Adam and Eve. He stole their inheritance. You know, he steals our dreams. He steals your future. That's the nature of the devil. He steals, kills, and destroys. That's where it comes from. And we see that even Judas in Luke chapter 22, verse 3, Satan entering Judas called Iscariot, one of the 12 apostles. You know, there's evil in the heart of man. And he, he allowed this, this temptation to come into him. And, and Satan actually entered Judas. Unfortunately, he was used for that particular destiny to, to, to deny the Lord. In John chapter 12, verse uh, 6, it says, He, or Judas, did not say this. And this is talking about you know, the, the breaking of the alabaster jar because he said, you know, what a waste. Because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As a keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to, uh, to what was put into it. Have you ever wondered why people steal? There are several reasons why people steal. It's doubt, worry, and belief. They can't really look at God as the one who provides. That God can. How many of you know that God can provide for us? Amen. God is faithful. He can provide more than enough for us. But if you have a wrong view of God, you take it into your hands. And instead of trusting in Him, you steal. Another reason is desperate need, deprivation maybe during childhood. And so you, you know, resorted to taking what is not yours. Economic crisis, low salary, or maybe high cost of living. You were pressed uh, against the wall because you have a lot of needs. Discontent, wanting more but have no means. And another thing about stealing is laziness you just don't want to work some thieves say this is my work stealing is my job it's hard work and uh, yeah but it's still laziness okay because they don't want to sweat it out and they don't want to engage in real work and so they steal somebody once said dibaling amad hindi naman pagod okay but yet we know that uh, stealing is still sin okay consequences of stealing exodus chapter 22 verse 1 if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it or sells it he shall repay five oxen for an ox and four sheep for a sheep so there's a price to pay if you steal something there's always what you call restitution ever say restitution when you steal something you got to give it back when you steal something a debt is accrued and a debt is owed and you have to pay it back. Amen. It's not enough for you to say, I'm sorry. Like what Justin Bieber is saying. But after the sorry, you gotta have restitution. Whoever steals a man and sells him and anyone found in possession of him shall what? Be put to death. This talks about slavery, child, uh, human trafficking. Stealing a man, selling a man, that deserves death. Deuteronomy 24.7, if a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die also about human trafficking. So you shall purge the evil from your midst. You will see an entire thing about stealing uh, in Leviticus chapter 6 uh, that talks about stealing of money and possession and other goods. 
Uh, you look at the New Testament, it also talks about consequences of stealing, but this has far uh, more eternal repercussion. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9, it says, Or do you not know that the unrighteous will what? Not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor what? Nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor the drunkards, nor the revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. We don't want to be victimized by stealing. But the question for us this morning is, do we steal? Are there things that we actually do that really in effect is tantamount to stealing? Do we steal from other people? You know, sometimes there are different situations wherein it's equivalent to stealing from others. There are different forms of stealing. You steal property. You steal money. You steal goods and services. You steal time. You steal labor, etc. How many of you are familiar with break-in or rakyat bahay? Okay. Maybe you don't do that. But that's another form of stealing. What about shoplifting? Okay. Uh, they said that in America, there are about 23 million shoplifters in the U.S. Population in America is 250 million. Almost one-tenth have actually tried shoplifting. And maybe it's not something that they earn from, but it's maybe just a dare or maybe just a, I don't know, a hobby, or, but nonetheless, it's still stealing. When you get something from a store that is not yours, that is stealing. That's why they now put CCTV cameras. And, uh, you know, last night I was watching this uh, TV show. They put CCTV cameras in a store and they catch the, they catch the, the employees. I forgot the title. I'm so sorry. Okay, I'm poor with this. But anyway, they, they, they make plans and they devise a way for them to be able to catch uh, even among them thieves from their own rank, from employees, not even, sh uh, not even just buyers, but even from among them. Another form of stealing is swindling, embezzling, hijacking, carnapping, kidnapping. What about this? Underpaying your taxes. There's a big difference between tax avoidance and tax evasion. Okay? Extortion, corruption or fraud, plunder, filing false insurance claims. This is also called arson. Misappropriation of company funds. One time, one of our pastors, uh, before he became a pastor, was working in a uh, petroleum company. And what they would normally do is they would actually have the privilege to put gasoline in their vehicles for official business. But he actually abused that. And even for non-official business trips, he would actually put gasoline in his car. And when he finally got saved, God convicted him about stealing. And he said, I want to give back what I took from my company. And he computed more or less an estimation of how much he actually stole by virtue of getting gasoline from the company. And so he came up with an amount and he went to the HR manager or one of the officers of the company. He said, you know, I am a Christian now 
And uh, I think he's also long gone. He moved to another company by then. But he went back to the company and said, I am a Christian and I, I got convicted and I want to replace or, or, or give this back, this money, because of the you know, uh, gasoline I took before. And the manager just looked at the check and said, what are we going to do with this? How are we going to treat this in the accounting? Okay? There's no such thing. You know, I, I, I don't know if there's an accounting word for that. Other income from theft? or I, I, I don't know. I'm an accountant, and I, there's no such thing. And so what this pastor said is, I don't care what you do with it. I don't care how you treat it. I just want it uh, given back to you. If you may use it for your Christmas party, I don't care. Just please accept this retribution. And so he went uh, after that. False billing of clients is another way to steal. If you're maybe a contractor, or maybe a professional retainer. And if you add more hours or more services than what is supposed to be charged to your client, how many of you know that that is stealing? Why are we so quiet this morning? Load stealing. Jumper of electricity. What about this? Plagiarism. This is not just the problem of students. I realize that even among us, employees or writers or, or even pastors, if you're not careful, you know, we, we have to make our own sermon, by the way. I cannot just go to the internet and download, okay, I like that sermon. Let me copy-paste. You call it plagiarism. That's stealing. What about this? Going to Green Hills <laughs> and buying pirated CDs fake goods. Ouch. Pastor, tamana. What about borrowing without returning? Check your bookshelf. And you might notice some items that are there or maybe your storage room that, you know, kanino nga ba to? You know, I probably borrowed this from another person but yet I was not able to return it. Intellectual property stealing. Have you downloaded music or movies lately instead of paying for it by going to the movie theater or by maybe going to iTunes or Netflix? There are now legal ways on how to get your and enjoy your movies that are not showing. You, know, you may just, hey, you know, they don't show it here in the Philippines. So, you know, this is called sharing. I am a member of the file-sharing community. Sure. What about those people who produce the music? That's a legitimate business. If you're a musician, a music a composer, you know, and you try downloading other people's work, how, how, how do you feel about that? If you're a movie producer and you spent millions producing a film, and people just watch it on the internet for free because you download. Now, if it's on YouTube, now, you know, you can go and freely watch it. It's there. I know it's a legal thing, I guess. But if you've downloaded it without the express permission of the producer, illegal downloads. In James chapter 5, verse 4 to 5, it says, Behold, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, are crying out against you. And the cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord of hosts. 
You have lived on the earth in luxury and in self-indulgence. You have fattened your hearts in a day of slaughter. This talks about people who own companies and who hire people who work for them. You know, people who are vulnerable, people who have no power, people who have no voice, and sometimes we get to abuse them by not paying their salaries correctly. We underpay them. You don't pay your employees right. That's not right. The Bible says, they're crying against you. They're crying out to me. Withholding what is due from your employees. SSS, Pag-ibig, or, you know, feel health. Proverbs 3.27 says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. If you have every power to act and bless your employee, by all means, go and bless. Because God designed us as Christians. He wants to bless us so that we can be a blessing to others. Amen. That is the whole. And you will see this all throughout this whole, the Bible and throughout all this sermon as well. What about employees? We talked about employers. What about employees? How many of you are working in a company? Please raise your hand. You are employees. Okay. How many of you are thankful for your job? Okay. Olana. In Titus chapter 2, verse 9, it says, Teach slaves, of course, it's a New Testament term, or bond servant, or in our modern day translation, employees, to be subject to their masters or bosses in everything, to try to please them, not to talk back to them, and not to steal from them, but to show that they can be fully trusted so that in every way they will make the teaching about God our Savior attractive. If you're the only Christian in your company, as an employee, your work is your witness. Your boss looks at you. Your, your co-employees, is watch, they're watching you. The way you work, the way you perform in your, you know, in your company is actually a testimony and a witness of who you serve. Eventually, it goes back to God. Do we steal from our company? Pilferage, stealing small things or small items of value. Do you bring home paper clips or bond papers? Pastor, sang rim lang naman eh. One rim! <laughs> 500 pages! There's what you call national bookstore where the only thing less is, anyway, uh, you go there, you buy what you need for, you know, for, for your children's school. Taking supplies or stocks or sometimes even equipment from your company. One time your you know employees, asan yung ref dito sa pantry na wala. Can you imagine ref in a way? <laughs> Employee theft they say is bigger than shoplifting. They say that the average employee steals about five times, 5.5 times more than an average shoplifter. A shoplifter enters the front door. An employee enters the back door. And how many of us are guilty in doing this? You may not actually be bringing home physically a good or an equipment or a supply, but what about your time? What about killing time? What are you doing right now? I'm killing time. 
You're supposed to be working, not killing time. Because you're being paid eight hours a day for a what? 40, 48-hour work week. And we've got to put in our very best. They say that the average employee wastes about an average of two hours every day in their schedule. Can you imagine you already have a break time in the morning, a lunch break, and maybe a noontime break, and then you waste another two hours. How many hours do we work now? It's maybe just four hours. And what do people do during their killing time activity? Facebook. You update your profile. Killing time. <laughs> or you just chat it out with your, you know, loitering by not doing any work. Or this is worse. Selling and doing business during work hours. Anong ginagawa mo? Ito, nagbebenta ng tusino, tsaka ng longganisa, tsaka ng ano. Order ka. Okay. Free delivery. It may be not that. It may be actually stealing the clients of your company. And here you are on the side, you're setting up your own business so that you can actually eventually siphon off some of the business deals and clients of your company because you are doing business on the side. How many of you know that that is stealing as well? Basically, using company time and resource for personal game that is called stealing. Another way of stealing in the company is stealing company secret and then maybe selling it off to another company or stealing a secret recipe from a restaurant because you are the chef that is assigned there and you eventually start your own restaurant. We steal from others. Do we steal from God? This is what Judge Lisa was sharing earlier. In Malachi chapter 3, don't worry, we will not collect an offering again. Okay. But really, this is the time when the Israelites were going back to God. And God said, will a man rob God? Yet you are robbing me, but you say, how have we robbed you? In your tithes and contributions. In NIV, it says, in your tithes and offerings. A tithe is 10% and offerings is beyond the tithe. And what they're saying is, do we really have to tithe in the New Testament? Actually, I believe in the New Testament, we are now what you call uh, practicing grace giving. And in grace giving, the minimum really is the tithe. And I believe God is pleased when we give more than the tithe. In verse 9, it says, You are cursed to the curse, for you are robbing me the whole nation of you. It is not just a group of people, but the entire nation is guilty of robbing God. How many of you know that the Philippines is destined to be blessed by God? Yes. Amen. You know, I hope that the curse in the Philippines would be broken already. But one of the greater things that we need to do as a nation is to learn how to give. We've always viewed ourselves as a receiving nation instead of a generous nation. I believe God wants us to break this curse over our nation by us as a people of God, starting from the church, to give back what is due Him. And that is the tithes and offering. You know the Bible says, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. 
You know, everything in this planet is owned by God. Everything that you have is owned by Him. Your business is owned by God. Our family is owned by God. We are owned by Him. Amen. And I believe we ought to be grateful for God to just ask 10% and not 90%. Can you imagine what if God says, okay, I want you to give 90%. Everything is mine anyway. And live off the 10. How many of you would want to give just 10% instead? And I believe the difference between tax and tithe is this word, love. Taxes are taken from us. How many of you enjoy filing your taxes on April 15? Oh, I love it! You know, you're preparing your tax, you're excited, you know, I want to give to the government. Have you ever been excited in paying taxes? I don't think so. Some of you don't even see it anymore, right? When you receive your company paycheck, it's deducted already. The Bible says you give the first fruits to God, not to BIR. Okay? You don't call it a tithe, you call it a tax. Another word for, uh, no, no, not another word for stealing, okay? But yeah, that's, you give to Caesar what is due to Caesar, and you give to God what is God's. But I believe God ought to be the one receiving the first tenth. Amen. That's why people would ask, do we tithe from the gross or the net? Is it before taxes or after taxes? The answer to that question is, who is your Lord? Is it the government or is it God? When you talk about tithing, tithing really is a test. The number 10 in the Bible, you see, you know, 10 plagues, 10 commandments, 10 virgins. You know, it took, uh, you know, Noah was the 10th patriarch. You know, the number 10 is actually talking about his expectation, and many times it's a test. Tithe is a test. In fact, if you read verse 10, bring the full tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house, and thereby put me to what? To the test. This is the only verse in the Bible wherein God says, test me in this. In other verses, do not put the Lord your God to the test. This is only one verse wherein God says, put me to the test. If I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour down on you a blessing until there is no more need. Amen. Let us put God to the test because how many of you know that God is faithful? He will provide for us if we give back the tithe to Him. We need to realize that it's nacho money. Everybody say nacho money. It's nacho money. It's God's money. We need to give it back to God. Taxes are different because taxes are taken from us. Tithes are given freely. When the government takes our tax, we don't enjoy it. And God is not going to take our, our tithe from us. He is waiting for us to freely give the tithe to Him with a thankful and a generous heart. Amen. That is the tithe. Because ultimately, God loves a cheerful giver. Now, how do we get out of this thing called stealing? The Apostle Paul talked about this in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25 to 28. Can we all read this out loud? All together, one, two, three. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor, doing honest work with his own hands, so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. You know, this command of Paul really has three parts. First part is, let the thief no longer steal. That's the first part. The second part is let him labor or let him work doing honest work with his own hands by not getting from others. 
By now stretching your hands and you know, you know, sweating it out. And the last part of the command is so that he may have something to share to anyone in need. Basically, the first part, Paul reiterated the commandment number eight, do not steal. Let the thief do not steal. Now, if we obey the first part of the command, does that please God already? If you don't steal anymore, does that please God? Yes. But is that enough? I believe that's only the minimum requirement of that. If we stop stealing, and if we don't get from another person, you know, that's, yeah, that's one part. The second part is we need to work. We need to earn our keep. We need to do honest work. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 15, it says, The wage of the righteous leads to life and the gain of the wicked to sin. We need to work hard. You know, we've talked about many times how we steal from our employers. But from here on, we need to honestly just give our best because God is deserving of our honest work. Really, when you look at possessions, there are three attitudes about possession. First attitude is, what's yours is mine. And this is stealing. What's yours is mine, and I'll take it. That's called stealing. What's mine is mine, and I'll keep it. That's selfishness. And the third attitude of possession and money is, what is mine is yours. Actually, I'd like to replace this with, what is mine is his, because everything belongs to the Lord. And I will share it, and you call that stewardship. Really, when you talk about giving, giving is a sign of love. And this commandment really talks about not just stopping stealing, not just working honestly, but also learning how to give. Only one of these attitudes pleases the Lord because it resembles the heart of God. John 3.16 talks about, For God so loved the world that He what? He gave. It even resembles the attitude of Christ. He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Really, God hates sin. God hates murder because He loves life. God hates adultery because He loves the family. And God hates stealing because He loves to give. That's the attitude of God. I believe the only way for us to be able to overcome this thing called stealing is to have a change of heart so that we can actually from the point of taking, we can now be on our way to giving. Somebody once said, when does a liar stop lying? The answer is when he starts telling the truth. A liar does not stop lying by shutting up. You don't stop lying by just not saying anything. You stop lying by saying the truth. If you ask the same question, when does a thief stop stealing? When he starts giving. Amen. You don't just stop stealing just by not taking anything from anyone. Okay, I'm not, I'm not taking anything from anybody. Okay, I've stopped stealing. Well, is that really stopping stealing? We have not addressed the heart issue of deceitfulness and selfishness and self-preservation. But the moment we start giving, something happens in the heart. I want to end with this story of Zacchaeus. In Luke chapter 19, verse 8. We are familiar with the Zacchaeus, right? He is a corrupt tax collector. He is a short man. People hated him. He found out that Jesus was passing through Jericho. And he went ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree. Remember that? And so he was on his way uh, up and Jesus stopped right 
below Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, come down because I must stay in your house today. And there was a visitation of Christ in the house of Zacchaeus. And I believe that's the only way for us to change our heart from that of a thief into that of a giver is if we have an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what happened. When Jesus entered the house of Zacchaeus, he had an encounter with the Lord. Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back how many times? Four times the amount. Here we can see that he not only repented, but he also practiced what you call restitution. And he was generous because he said, I will give half of my possessions to the poor. Here we see that there was a change of heart in Zacchaeus from that of being a corrupt tax collector who stole from the people and now he's learned to give. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 5 actually requires someone who took money by replacing that or giving back the money, the principal, and adding a fifth of the value to it. 20%. If you stole something from someone, Leviticus chapter 6 says, give it back, add 20%. But Zacchaeus said, if I have taken anything from anyone, I will not add 20%. I will pay back four times. How many of you know Zacchaeus took it to the next level? He indeed had a change of heart. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost. Can we give the Lord praise this afternoon? Yeah. When you talk about stealing, it seems that all of us have been guilty of it. But yet when you realize at the big picture of for the whole of eternity, we are all debtors. There is one debt that we cannot pay. And that is the debt of sin. That's why Jesus said, when you pray this, pray the Lord's Prayer, our Father who art in heaven. He said this, forgive us our debts. Because there is one particular debt that we stole from the Lord that we are not able to pay back. We cannot pay it back. We cannot give back to Him. Only Jesus can pay it back. The good news is He paid it back on the cross 2,000 years ago. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13 to 14 says, And you who were dead in your trespass and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive today together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This He set aside, nailing it to the cross. The bigger debt that we owe God because of our sin has been fully paid by the Lord Jesus on the cross.